Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, how you doing? Man, I'm all right. How are you guys? We're doing good. It's Friday. Ty's gone. That's what I hear. He went to some Mardi Gras deal yeah, in St. Louis. Well, I know when Mardi Gras rolls around, the first thing I think of is let's go to St. Louis. Absolutely. I know, right? You know, let's forget, you know, J- July 4th at the Arch and watching the Cardinals play the Cubs or anything like that. Let's go f- in February when the weather's <laughs> great. I mean, it's a great time of the year to be in St. Louis, right? Well, I mean, you know, Ty can sniff out a good party, though. Yeah, that's so, true. Uh, that may be, uh, you yeah. know, he may have a special deal up there. Well, hopefully it's a party at, um, at Bud Walton. I know last Saturday the, the party got dampened a little bit by Mississippi State. This, you know, I hate to keep saying must win all this, but it feels like you got to win these three home games to, or you do, to, to, to ensure you're at 9-9 nine and nine in the league. This feels like a big one that you got to bounce back after um, losing last Saturday, losing at A&M, you can't let it become three in a row tomorrow. Well, they're all really important now, and this is an important game. You find out sometimes how important a game is when you don't win, um, as we found out, I guess, against Mississippi State last Saturday, and that led to you know what happened in the middle of the week. But you know, Florida's kind of reeling a little bit with Castleton out. Uh, they've been okay at home. They've struggled to win some on the road kind of like a lot of teams um, in college basketball. But, yeah, Arkansas has got to – they got to come back and win tomorrow. you got two two home games in a row now with Florida and Georgia, and you need to win those games. There's no doubt about that. You know, Castleton played 22 minutes in the Ole Miss game, and we should point out Florida did win that game, and yeah. pretty decisively, 79-64. to 64. Coach Musk talked about uh, they got two guys that are uh, – one, one's from Germany, one's from Nigeria that comes off the bench. That big 33 um, – Jason, how do you Jitaba? I, I, I don't know. That, I got, you got I'm going to have to check my pronunciation. Yeah, there, there's a yeah, couple that you're going to uh, you have to work through tomorrow on that pronunciation. J i t o b o h, but he's a big dude, 300 pounds, six eleven. Wow. I mean, l- let's not pretend like uh, you know Florida's not going to have any frontline presence with Castleton now. No, I mean he's their best player. There's no doubt about that. And and the thing that he could do was score. You know, that was the thing that Castleton could do. You could throw it down in the low block and run everything through him. But, um, you know, Florida's going to be formidable. I mean, they're still Florida. And um, they've won games, and they're trying to steal one. You know, Mississippi State came up here and won, and then went home, lost to Kentucky. Um, So, I mean, every game's different. But, you know, Florida's in a spot sometimes when teams lose their best player, um, they, you know, they reel. I mean, you, you know, or at the very least, it takes a couple of games before you get your feet back underneath them. Um, I think that's going to be the thing for Florida is, you know, psychologically, can you get over losing your best player? And, you know, we can talk about 
you know, how they're going to do offensively and things of that nature, what they're going to do on defense with Castleton out. But I really think sometimes when you lose a guy like that, the first hurdle you got, uh, you've got to get over is a psychological one. And um, But I would expect Florida to come in here and play hard. And I don't think, you know, here's the thing. Arkansas, we kind of touched on it there in that clip coming back from the break. There are games when, man, I mean, they play like gangbusters. But there are games when they don't. Sometimes, as we've seen, that can happen at Bud Walton Arena. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think anything's a layup. I think you got to go out and play well tomorrow if you're going to win. Arkansas six and seven in the league. Florida seven and six. Arkansas right now that game back from Florida is at ninth in the conference standings. If for nothing else. This is a huge game for league standings and that seating in the conference tournament. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got five left, and there's going to be some shuffle in the numbers, I'm sure. Arkansas is kind of in the middle of the pack right now with a bunch of them. Um, you know, they're a game back of Florida, and I guess they're a game back of Missouri and Vanderbilt, and there may be another one there at 7-6-2. and six two. So, um, you know, this is a game. I don't know that we come into this game feeling like we've got to catch Florida. You know, I mean, I think they're Razorback fans, and – you know, with a certain degree of justification, feel like, you know, the Razorbacks are better than the Gators this year. But, yeah, you look at the standings, and Arkansas is chasing them right now. And you've got them at home, got a chance to get even with them, and you need to do it. We're going to talk to Scott Tabor about some baseball. He's down in Arlington in just a minute because I know that's on a lot of people's mind. But I want to ask you this before we wrap up basketball. We'll come back to this. What you think about Nick Smith the other night? Played less than four minutes Certainly didn't look like he was back to the level or even close to the level that uh, that, that he's trying to reestablish himself at. You know, the, the five on the floor in the second half against A&M were the five on the floor that, you know, against Kentucky played like gangbusters. The second half against Kentucky, I mean, they just, you know, they dominated that game. And I think probably, I say probably, Muss was asked the question, and he answered it the way he wanted to, and I'm not going to try to pretend that I, you know, can get inside his head, but I've got to believe part of it was, um, you know, they played some lockdown D at Kentucky, mm-hmm. you know, with that same group, and um, I've got to believe that figured into his thinking. Um, you know, again, he, he was asked the question and answered it the way he wanted to. My feeling is, frankly, that you know, the idea that someone that's not played nearly two months is going to come in and save the game for you, um, I don't know. Um, you know, Nick had a couple of turnovers in four minutes. I mean, you average that out, that's, you know, that's a pretty good amount of turnovers um, if you start <laughs> averaging out by, by, by minutes. And I know that was a real emphasis going into the game. I can tell you just from the preparation that day, uh, the emphasis was on rebounding and not turning the ball over. And um, sometimes when that's your emphasis and it happens right away, I mean, you mm-hmm. fall out of favor with a coach pretty fast. And I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying that I, I, obviously I mean, nobody's trying to lose the game. Nobody's trying to prove a point. Nobody's trying to lose the game. Nobody's trying to say we can do it this way and we'll do it my It's not that. I mean, he's wanting to win the game worse than anybody else, I promise you. And those are the people he thought could help him do that. 1 o'clock tomorrow, that's the tip time. Courtside show at 1230 on these stations you're listening to now. Give me the Hogs Chuck on the ESPN Arkansas stations and hit that line.com at high noon to get you ready for Arkansas and Florida. We'll come back. we got plenty of time this morning to talk about what I, what's the biggest thing going on in our state tomorrow, and that's Arkansas 
and Florida. We're brought to you by WT Equipment. They have eight locations to take care of customers across Arkansas and North Louisiana. They have a new location in Searcy. They're in Springdale. They're in Berryville. They're in Rogers. Uh, they are not hard to find. Just go to WTEquip.com and find their locations. If you need agricultural equipment for the coming seasons, whether it's putting up hay this summer, harvest next fall, planting this spring, they've got it. If you've got a construction site, you need compact track loaders or excavators, they've got it. New Holland equipment that can be beaten. they got sales, service, and parts. So whether it's agricultural or construction equipment, if you're ready to invest, go to WT Equipment. Find a location near you at WTEquip.com. Dot com. Chuck, as we know, anytime you play Texas, it's a big deal in anything. I don't care if it's baseball, basketball, football, or, or mumbly pegs. It's a big deal if you're playing the Longhorns. And tonight, the baseball season gets underway in Arlington. Our buddy Scott Tabor, he played against those Texas Longhorns a few times. He's going to Arlington. Are you already there, Tabes? No, we're in beautiful downtown McAllister, Oklahoma. Ooh. You welcome Chamber of Commerce. Right, <laughs> we so, drove down after work last night and decided to stop here. Scott Tabor, a member of the 1979 College World Series team, joins us now. We'll talk to him a lot on Fridays as we get ready. Uh, you're headed to Arlington this weekend. I know it's a big deal playing Texas to start the season, but at least from a ranking standpoint, this will uh, this will be the only unranked team you play this weekend. Yeah, and that, that won't proceed forward as the season goes through. I'm sure Texas is going to be strong as they usually are. Uh, and the team will, and this will count, you know, in the the rankings in the end. So the strength of schedule and everything that goes into the pot when it comes to, to getting a regional and super regional and all the other good stuff that we look forward to. Two lefties in the rotation. I want to get to some of the pitching, but let's talk about Hagen Smith. He's going to get the ball first tonight for the Razorbacks. The lefty went seven and two last year, an ERA of four point six six. What are you looking for tonight to uh, start the season with Hagen Smith? It's going to be interesting to see a. A grown-up Hagen Smith, you know, your freshman year, you come in, and I watched some high school and his high, his high school film, and and his high school stats were off the charts. And he's a great pitcher, but he was a freshman, and you can see he wore down last year near the end of the season. And that's that's pretty typical, pretty much all freshmen. Uh, this year, he's had a, another year of, of of throwing consistently and working out consistently, and, and diet and running and the whole thing, and the muscles. Um, when you hit twenty, your muscles change, and you'll see a, a big, we'll see a big difference uh, in Hagen Smith tonight. Scott, this is Chuck. Um, you know when when you come out of the Hi, gate, Chuck. how are you, man? Um, good, when man. you come out of the gate, you got a guy like Smith, and you've lost a guy like Wiggins. And do you do you approach things any differently? Do you think Dave and Matt Hobbs? Do you think they approach anything differently with Hagen now because of what's happened with Jackson, and because you know that? You know, he may end up being your guy during the course of the season. Well, that's one of the things that these tournaments are great for because you're playing great competition. And everybody in it, not just Arkansas, not just Texas, not just TCU, everybody's looking to see what they really have. Uh, You know, in the past, uh, way past, it seems like, you kind of knew what you had coming up from the year before, from the, the class you signed and who may and may not contribute. Uh, but the transfer portal and, and all the things that have happened in, in college sports, nobody really knows what they have. On paper, you know what you have. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure that Van Horn gets on Indeed and starts collecting resumes at the end of the year. Here's what I need. And people start calling, so, well, I got a guy over here. Uh, you know, tonight, I don't think anything be any different. You know, you, you injuries are part of the game. Everybody knows it. Every pitcher knows 
you know, we had you have X number of pitches in your arm before something breaks down, and you just you just work through that. You don't think about that, but uh, they're prepared. The preparedness that they have, with the depth they develop on the pitching staff is incredible. And I, you hear him talk about it. I almost hate to hear him talk about it. How excited he is about the pitching because last year he was really really excited about the hitting. If you remember, I've never heard him talk about a team like, like he did last year in the hitting, and the hitting was not there until near the end of the season. Uh, but you've got, you know, arms are the arms are there and the arms are loaded. It, now it's just what do you have? So he'll he'll be on a pitch count, and uh, you know, hopefully our hitter will be out there, and, and the other pitcher will be on a pitch count. Everybody is early in the season, and then you see some guys start rolling some guys in to see where they can play in the, in the middle of the lineup because that's a very very important position uh, on the pitching staff anymore is is the middle guys. Uh, Used to when I played, you know, they gave you the ball and I didn't want to see you again, see you again until the ninth inning. You know, and uh, now it's you know, give me, give me three good innings, <laughs> and and then we'll come bring in a guy, and then we may bring in one guy for one inning, one guy for two innings, and uh, and roll to the closer. So they're they're developing. Uh, it's kind of like Mush trying to figure out, kind of still trying to figure out his lineup. You know, it's, it's an ever evolving situation in pitching. Uh, pitching is, is like that. It's a chess match. You brought up something there that I think is interesting. Um, you were raised in an era, and I was too, where, as you said a minute ago, when you were the starting pitcher, they didn't want to have to come see you for a while. <laughs> can you win a national championship? I mean, can you get to Omaha, win the whole thing without a, you know, what I would call a, a bell cow on Friday night, a guy that's going to go 13-1, and kind of like you did, Kruger did, and those, those, those guys. Can you win a championship now with a five-inning guy as your number one starter? You know, Chuck, I don't think anybody, I don't think any team in America from from college, uh, you know, from Division One college up through pros, I don't think anybody expects or even really wants to have a bell cow. Now, they want to have a bell cow in that, they know what they're going to get every time they get on the field, which is what every pitcher strives for, what every coach just looks for, is knowing exactly what they're going to get when they stick them out on the mound. Now, I don't think they, I don't think they want or expect a guy to throw nine innings. That's just those days are gone because they don't want to wear their arms out. They can see. I mean, I personally can look back and, and I just, I, I used to think, gosh, am I just. Did I just lose my focus at the end of the season? Well, not really. You kind of lose your arm, lose your legs. You lose some of your effectiveness because you get tired. You know, you don't feel tired, but your your arm doesn't perform up to where it was. And so this team and this school and this program doesn't work for being highly successful in the first month of the season. This program works towards finishing high enough to get a regional and finishing with a strength of schedule to get a super regional, knowing that they want to be absolutely have all their bullets in their holster going into the World Series and having good, strong arms. You saw last year Smith. Smith hit that low. Smith and Tiger. You know, it's just because they weren't used to throwing that much. Um, and so it's, it's uh, you know, you, you used to you ride that horse so it just fell out and then bring in another one. And now they just they stagger everybody. They have the analytics to, to look at things and the innings pitch. And we used to have pitch counts, and, and it was really more for, huh, wow, you threw 180 pitches. <laughs> you're, you're at 150. How do you feel? I feel pretty good. Okay. <laughs> it was just a, I used to think, I used to laugh because I, you know, with no high school baseball, I didn't have to understand 
why they were even asking me or keeping up with the number of pitches he had. It was, it was kind of funny. Uh, but now it's it's a big deal. You know, before you have the middle of an inning, you get your pitch count before you have the middle of the inning. Even the whole game rules have changed where, uh, and I wish they'd have had this rule back in the day. You can get a win as a starter without going five innings. Well, he's got a 40-pitch limit. You know, you're at 2-1, to one, you come out after 40 pitches, you're going to be the winner because you announced before the game. And so it's a, it's a different dynamic and it's a different... In, in that essence, the game has changed. Some of the rules have changed. And I, uh, I think it's for the better, you know, for the long-term health of the game. You have a lot of pitchers that, that peak, great pitchers that peak, and they're peter out by the time before they even get a chance to go to the start making some money. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they flip flop things around. They got a lot of toys to play with. You said transfer portal a little bit earlier. We talk about it virtually every day when it comes to football and basketball, what's the effect that you're seeing in baseball? Well, you, you could almost determine your teams, but before the transfer tor- portal, you would kind of almost, you could kind of almost see how your, your next two or three seasons are going to be. You know, this recruiting class was really down. And we lost this guy to injury. We lost this guy to injury. We had a couple of guys that just lived the program and one guy and broke up as a girlfriend and he quit. What are we left with? Well, you know, from the two years ago, we had a catcher that was not very good. He kind of, but, but he hung around. He's probably going to be our starter. He's the best we got. Not anymore. You know, not anymore. Uh, there's guys, especially where the program is, and the health of the program and facilities and, and the, the track record of this program, people want to come here. And so recruiting, you know, they recruit high school players. Uh, you don't really recruit transfer portal guys. You look and see what's available, and we all know that that's not always, they may not be available before they're found out that they want it. <laughs> all of a sudden they become available. Yeah, I want to go on the portal, sign with Arkansas the next day, or sign with Texas the next day. So it's, it's, uh, it's really, it's really, it's really kind of cool. Coaches, some in football, you know, I could hear Pittman, you know, saying he doesn't like it, and some coaches don't like it. But, but you think about it in baseball, you have a new draft every year, mm-hmm. uh, and you, uh, I mean, it's 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 fair trade. You know, I want, I need a catcher. Well, I got two catchers. I got one coming from Oklahoma, and one coming from JUCO All American. So you used to not get that. I mean, it was a. You had to wait two years for JUCO, one or two years for JUCO, and then you had to go find them. So it's it's you have guys coming in, and, and we see it with guys leaving our program, going to other programs. Uh, we're going to face Taylor. Is it who is it that with with uh, Texas that left us, and, and he's going to be probably a Friday night starter, yeah. one of hey, our pitchers. Mm-hmm. Hey, one to Toll, ask, Heston Toll. Yeah, one yeah, to Heston ask, Toll. Yeah, one. Arkansas starting the season with another injury to a starting pitcher with Jackson Wiggins going to have Tommy John surgery. You got some experience with this because you had, your son went through elbow surgery uh, at a young age. What what's ahead? What what's this this next year or so look like for for someone going through this? Because you dealt with it firsthand just just a few years ago. It's the hardest thing for an athlete at any level to go through is being injured. For an elite level, uh, for an elite, I mean, elite pitcher, it's 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 horrible. It's because in baseball and pitching, uh, you're not out there throwing, and all of a sudden your arm breaks in half and falls off. You got to pick it off, walk off the bat, and say, "I think I got a problem." You know, you have a little tightness, or it doesn't feel just right uh, because the stress on an arm during any pitch, especially with Wiggins throwing it, bringing it up there, you know, hitting triple figures once in a while, 
there's some serious tort going on, and something's just not right. Uh, and, you know, when, in, when you're in pro ball and you're playing every day, you try to grind through it. You know, you don't want to, you don't never want to say my arm hurts. Uh, and you try to grind through it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you do, and sometimes it turns out it's a real injury. There's a difference between pain and injury. I used to harp that to my kids. Both of them played three sports. I said, you're going to have some pain. You've got to get no difference between pain and injury. And pitching, a little pain can, once it's examined deeply, can turn into a, a, a either a career-ending injury. or I mean, this is not a career-ending injury. Uh, it'll be about a two-year reboot. Uh, Nick Griffin from Monticello is going through the same thing. His fat dad and I were talking, and, and it's a, even though you're well and you're healthy, your muscles and your nerves kind of have to realign to where, because baseball's a pinpoint game. You've got to know exactly where it's going, exactly the release point. Things feel different. So there's a period of time where the adjustment you think is there, and all of a sudden everybody goes, well, you can't pitch anymore. Then you can still pitch. You just have to retrain everything. So he'll battle through it. You know, if you're if you're in the Arkansas program, your regimen is just your workout regimen and all the analytics they have are so precise and so uh, pitching-oriented and detailed that he'll battle through it and he'll work through it. You know, they're not just going to send him home and say, get well and come back and see us in another year. Yeah. Um, so they'll get it done, and it'll and he could come back stronger. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, a lot of them do. Well, Scott, uh, enjoy the games. I know playing Texas brings back a lot of great memories for you and uh, TCU, oh, Oklahoma State. So uh, a bunch of your old teammates are going to be there from the 79 team, Coach DeBrian. So if you need a handicap spot, you better get there early because Tabor and his group will have them all sewn up before <laughs> yeah. the game. So uh, should be a, a fun weekend. Should be a fun weekend in Arlington. Yeah, it should be. I can't wait to see us beat Texas, and, and I hope we can run rule. <laughs> so, all right, we'll enjoy the games, and we'll catch right. up uh, as uh, as the season right, starts to unfold. All right, see you, Tabor. All right, Tabor. All right. Mountain Home Zone, Scott Tabor, uh, here with us on the Morning Rush. I always like visiting with Tabes. He uh, he kind of brings a couple different eras together, and he's pretty close to, to still what's going on around that program. Oh, he knows the game, too. He knows the game inside out. He knows the game from a player's perspective. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore. He's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785. 531-2785. Online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm. If they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. One o'clock, Bud Walton Arena had a big Saturday crowd a week ago for Mississippi State. That wasn't enough to to lift the tre- the team across. Got to have more than just a big crowd. Turnovers, 
and three-point shooting. That, that's an area that, that, that the other night haunted the Razorbacks, particularly in the second half. Chuck, I hadn't had a chance to talk to you yet uh, about what, what you saw unfold at Texas A&M. Let's talk about that, then we'll get to tomorrow's game. Well, it just didn't happen at the end of the game. A lot of the things that they had not done, and, and by that I mean the lot of, a lot of the things that they prevented Texas A&M from doing might be the more accurate way to put it. They didn't prevent in the final five minutes. You know, they um, when you play Texas A&M, there's a couple things you can't do if you're going to win. You can't get beat on the offensive glass, and you can't send them to the free throw line. That's where they make their money. And, you know, Arkansas had done a very good job of that for 35 minutes. They, by and large, kept them off the offensive glass. They hadn't been beaten by stickbacks, generally speaking. A&M had shot some free throws, but not an inordinate number. And you look at what happened. I mean, they went on a 10-0 run at the end, or at least, you know, toward the end. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. But they went, they go on a 10-0 run, and I think six of them are free throws. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's not exactly your conventional run. But I, I thought in the last five minutes, Arkansas turned it over. Arkansas gave up offensive rebounds, and um, you know they um, um, they were they just ice score. Yeah, they were ice they cold for score. seven minutes. Yeah, you know they couldn't score. They just they they they, um, they got outscored there at the end by by pretty wide margin. And I think the frustrating thing about it was it looked like they were in a position to win, and we've been here before. And you know, there's no shame in going to a team that's 11 and two in conference play or 10 and two and getting beat at their place. There's no shame in that. But I think when you lose the way they did, that was that was what was frustrating. When you lose and you had a chance to win, that right. just yeah. sticks with you. Yeah. And they had a chance to win to win that. It's game. one of those coulda, shoulda, woulda nights. Yeah, man. Uh, in a in a game that would have made a difference. I mean, it made a difference in your resume. Would have been a a win that would have neutralized that home loss to Mississippi State. And now you play Florida. And I know it's split over two weeks, but you know you've got to avoid this at home for a lot of reasons tomorrow. And I'll start with this one: you can't let this become three in a row, Chuck. You got to stop the bleeding. Now. Well, I, you know, no question. I mean, you got to win a game tomorrow, and um, you know they got to get this stopped, and they got to get back in the win column. Every game's magnified right now. Uh, so are the overreactions. You know, when you win or you lose. Um, we're also to the point this season where there's such a great body of work for all the teams that a win or a loss is 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 not going to, you know, make the meter go crazy in terms of your net rankings. Um, unless you just lose to a really horrible team or unless you're a horrible team and you beat a really good one, there's, there's not going to be, you know, a huge amount of movement in terms of the net. Um, I said this earlier in the week, and, and I believe it. Um, you know, we talked in the first part of January about how it's going to be rocky over this month. They're kind of reassembling and figuring things out again. And, um, you know, there were rocky moments in January. And then you begin to see some light. And you you go to Kentucky and, and you play as well as you have and you win. And everybody thinks everything's going to be okay. Nick's coming back and here we go. And then, bang, you know, you go out and you lose a couple of ball games. And so, you know, Musk talked about how this is another incarnation of this team. And unfortunately, this time, you don't have the whole month like you did in January to put things together. Uh, you got a real small window. And that's what I am certain they're going to be working towards over the course of these next five games. But, yeah, you got to win tomorrow. You got to win tomorrow. You got to beat Georgia. You got to protect your home floor down the stretch here. Um, you know, again, I, I think we tend to overreact this time of year to each game and what it means because there's not as much movement 
as maybe we re, or you know as maybe we think, but there's no doubt that you don't want to lose at Florida or at home to Florida tomorrow, and you don't want to lose to Georgia at home next week. Uh, you can be forgiven for some of the others, but but those are games you need to win. Colin Castleton's played in all 26 games, injured and reportedly broke his hand the other night uh, against Ole Miss. This is a guy that averages 16 points a game, makes half his shots from the field, gets nearly eight rebounds a game, uh, 6'11", big presence on the front line. This, this is a big deal for Florida. Oh, no doubt. I mean, he's their best player, and he's the one that they've built a lot of their team around, and it's going to affect him. Here's the thing, though, about Florida. Um, you know, they got a freshman who's going to start tomorrow, and all of a sudden he started scoring. I mean, he's averaged double figures, I think, in the last five or six games. He's a player that's developing. They've got a senior point guard. They've got a veteran point guard, which um, is always important in my mind. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how they're able to, to score with Castleton out. We'll see how they're able to protect the rim. Uh, with Castleton out, they they've got a big guy that starts you know down low, and he's six eleven, and obviously he's a he's a big body. But you know what can they do down there from a production standpoint down low without Castleton out? And you know he'll pop out high and 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 pretty good shooter too. So they're going to miss him. Uh, I'll be interested to see number one if they can get their feet underneath him, uh, because a lot of times when you lose your best player the first game or two out, that's easier said than done. But, you know, ultimately, where are your points going to come from? How do you replace those points? They got two guys that uh, came off the bench the other night at Ole Miss. And, and bless your heart, tomorrow, the, the, the guy that's uh, from Germany, uh, the 6'10 guy, uh, Alex, and uh, this is how he spells his last name. It looks like your kids just type on the keyboard. S-Z-Y-M-C-Z-Y-K. So you figure that by, out. By a vowel, man. Yeah, exactly. By a vowel. He's from Frankfurt, Germany. 6'10", 233. Body type a lot more like Colin Castleton. Uh, the guy from Nigeria, uh, he's 6'11", but he's 300. Big body guy. Kind of like... Uh, that's Smith from uh, from Mississippi State. You know, just going to be uh, hard to move off the glass. So they do have other frontline options, but oh, none, yeah. none of those guys are as good as Castleton. No, but they'll adjust. I yeah. mean, they'll adjust. Now, do they adjust in the first game without him? I don't know. But, um, um, you know, Florida's in a spot where, you know, you look at how the season's gone for them. It's been up and down. Um, you know, but they're 7-6 and six in conference play. And... So you know we'll have to see today. You know where are they psychologically? I, I, I think I think that's a big thing when you lose your best player. How do you react as a team? And um, sometimes it goes one way, and sometimes it can really go the other. And uh, I'm sure they're nervous about that too. Yeah, the guy from Germany hadn't played much. Seven games, averaging two minutes a game. So he he saw one minute the other night. And uh, the guy from Nigeria has played in eleven games this year. He's averaging about eight minutes. So. Uh, yeah. Neither neither of them are going to come off the bench, but both did the other night at Ole Miss. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. It. They may go just more guard oriented. It might might they be. They shot exactly. the ball well. Yeah, they 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 shot the ball well against Ole Miss. They had been very poor shooting, frankly, against Vanderbilt um, when Vanderbilt beat them in Gainesville. Uh, but um, you know, Florida's you know. Uh, Florida shot the ball well against Ole Miss, and I know there's a difference between Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. Vanderbilt, in my mind, is they're the surprise team in the league this year. They're they're, they're seven and six, and it's not a fluke. Yeah. Um, they've done a good job. Liam Robbins is he's turned everything around for them, and uh, you know you look at them right now, and they're good. But you know, Florida's I mean Arkansas is chasing them. I don't know that we imagined 
that we'd play Florida this late in the season and they'd be a game up on us in the standings. But that's just kind of how it's worked out. Hey, those of you in central Arkansas, I want to talk to you, or north central Arkansas, let me talk to you about Baxter Health. It's always been the home for compassionate care beyond measure. And they're happy to tell you that Dr. Scott Ferguson has joined the Baxter Health family and he's going to begin to see new patients at the Baxter Health Urology Clinic in Harrison. Now, Dr. Ferguson's been around a while. In fact, if you're in Harrison, you know about Dr. Ferguson. And he is now taking new patients at his location at 715 West Sherman Avenue in Harrison. You can call him at 870-741-2317. 870-741-2317. You can make an appointment. And I'll also tell you that the Baxter Health Urology Clinic at Harrison is now hiring nursing staff. They sign on bonuses. If you're an experienced LPN, you can join the team of quality care professionals. Go to workwhereyouvacation.com. That's a great it's a great name for a website. Workwhereyouvacation.com, mm-hmm. and you can apply today. All right, 731 here on the Morning Rush. We were talking earlier in the hour about maybe just the shift in how coaches construct rosters. And you look at Arkansas, you look at Duke, two recruiting classes that were heralded with the high school players and McDonald's All-Americans. But both are fighting to get in the NCAA tournament. Nothing that's assured for either one. And maybe Duke is in a worse spot. I, I was listening to your podcast earlier this week, Chuck, and you, you were playing a soundbite. And it's a, it's a longer one in the podcast. And you can find it at hitthatline.com with Coach Moss talking about the shift in recruiting. And uh, Christian pulled this this clip. And I think it, it's interesting to hear what Moss says about how how the future, at least from his vantage point, is going to be and how a team's put together. The portal recruiting, we've been a part of two Elite Eights the last two years. I think last year, before our Gonzaga game, I think I did five Zooms that day, the day before the game. And I felt like we were behind other people that were already eliminated. The transfer portal recruiting is very intense over a very, very, very short time. High school recruiting is a long process. If you don't land a player from the high school ranks and you finish second only, doesn't count many things in life. And I think, quite frankly, that the high school recruiting is you're going to see even more of a change than what you've already seen moving forward. Well, that last five or six seconds there, I think, is is the meat and taters on that thing. The, the high school recruiting is going to change. I mean, they got Bayfall and they got Blocker and some guys, but um, Chuck, it, you, get the, you get the known entity when you go to the portal. There are hours of tape you can watch on a player that's been elsewhere for two or three years um you know what you get i think that's exactly where we're headed and all this focus and all this pride you take in mcdonald's all americans as a fan base i i I think we got to shift what we value and how your coach is doing on the recruiting trail you know maybe people envisioned when they approved the transfer portal that this would happen you know that high school recruiting would be affected the way it is maybe people envision that i don't know to me, it seems like an unintended consequence. Um, I know the you know the idea was to give players freedom. Uh, coaches move all the time. Doesn't seem to matter what their contract says. They leave whenever they want. Um, you know, players ought to be able to do that too. It's hard to argue with that. Uh, but there are always unintended consequences, and I do think one of them is that high school recruiting is being affected. And I don't know. Just to be honest, this this to me is going to be one of the most interesting things to watch college basketball over the next four or five years. And we'll you know we'll have a body of work to judge by. You know, can you recruit three, four, five high school kids? Some of them McDonald's All-Americans. Some of them really good. 
can you recruit a team out of the high school ranks and be good as quickly as you need to be? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the answer to that question. I think it'll probably vary from school to school. Maybe power five to non-power five. I don't know. But, you know, the transfer portal is where it's at. You think about Arkansas right now. Arkansas's class last year, among the best in the country, three McDonald's All-Americans, Ford, Pinion, um, Barry Dunning, Alabama High School Player of the Year, twice. Um, but where would Arkansas be without the Mitchell Twins and Ricky Council? Mm-hmm. You know, where would they be? Um, you know, and and I don't think it's because these guys aren't as good as advertised. I don't. I don't think it's that at all. I think they're probably every bit as good as any McDonald's All-American that's come out before. But I think when you go to the portal, you're getting a guy who all the things that you talk about with the McDonald's, but all the things we've talked about this year, about how, hey, man, it's different when you go on the road. I don't care how good you are. First time you do that, first month you do that, you're going to take some licks. In the portal, you're getting a guy that's already been through all that. You don't have to wonder about that. Sometimes you're just getting a guy that you refine a little bit. Somebody else has, you know, developed him to the point where he is right now. And um, I, I I don't know, you know, again, I well, think it's going to vary from school to school. But if I'm a head coach and i got to win next year, I'm doing it through the portal. I, I think the get, we, we don't fully understand, and we're getting a better understanding of the gap between even the most elite EYBL, where it's the top 30, 50 players in the country, you know, teeing off against each other in these summer shootouts in, in, in basketball. The gap even between that, the highest level of 17, 18-year-old kids and college basketball is much wider than we ever thought before. I mean, you take all of the McDonald's All-Americans versus a college basketball game, and I think we just don't understand till now what the gap really is because now we have a, a greater contrast or comparison. Well, I, you know, and I also think one of the unintended consequences of giving players that free year out of COVID uh, means that you've got grown men playing basketball right now at the collegiate level. you got grown men, I mean, national championship quarterback in football is 25 years old. So, I mean, uh, um, you know, that, that, that unintended consequence of giving players that extra COVID year, I think, has come to bear, too. And some of that may take care of itself as we move forward. I don't know. That, that's why I say I, I think the next four or five years mm-hmm. are going to be very interesting to watch. We will have a body of work to look at, and uh, coaches are going to make decisions. But I'm going to tell you, if I was a coach, if I was Muss, for example, or if I was John Shire over at Duke, um, I'd be thinking real long and hard about whether or not I was going to go the high school route next year or whether or not or moving forward or whether or not I was going to go through the portal. It's a monkey-see-monkey-do business. Uh, next two or three teams that win national championships, everybody's going to try to do it the same way they did. Yeah, And now being a mid-major player out of high school is not the end of the road for you. Now you can definitely find a path to Power 5, big-time basketball, and start at a Sunbelt school, an American athletic conference school. You don't have to be in the ACC or the Big Ten or the SEC out of high school. In fact, your path to there may be better coming from a mid-major well, program the, you know the 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 the, the mid-majors and the transfer portal era may be kind of like junior colleges were you know 40 mm-hmm. years ago i don't know yeah but um i think about stanley amude and that's an example of you know the portal working 
Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dining and carryout. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Arkansas's women's basketball team lost to Tennessee last night. Chuck, they got behind early, 25-9 in the first quarter. Tennessee outscored them and ended up being 87-67 last night. Yeah, I watched most of the game. Uh, it was never really a game. I mean, I hate to say it, but it was, I mean, they jumped out 14-2 to and you can start the bus. I mean, it's just uh, Tennessee was better. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, so that uh, that was last night. Women's softball down in Clearwater, Florida. They've uh, they've been on a tear against playing some good teams. They're ranked fourth in the country. Florida State's down there. They got some other ranked teams. And Courtney Diefel, one went away from Tyne and two wins away from becoming the all-time winningest coach in softball program history. Oh, she's the real deal. And that's a big matchup. I mean, for them, that's a big matchup. You got a top four against seven. Florida State's always really good in softball. They're, they're you know, I don't know that you use the term blue blood in college <laughs> softball, but if you do, they're one of them. And um, that's, um, but Arkansas in softball, they, they can play with anybody. They may win the whole thing. They may win a national championship in softball before anybody else wins one in anything, yeah. except for maybe track. Let me tell you, you know, we talk about all the other sports with Oklahoma and Texas joining in. Oklahoma coming into this league in softball, I mean, you talk about blue bloods. Is there more of a blue blood than than Oklahoma in softball? I mean, crying out loud, they have the the College World Series in their own birthday. I was going to say, they're so good, they let them play at home. (laughs) I mean, they're so good, they let them play at home throughout the World Series. So, uh, no, that's a... um, no, you're right. I mean, hey, you bring in Oklahoma and Texas. We We can rag on them all we want. But you bring in Oklahoma and Texas, you're bringing in programs, and I'm talking programs. I'm not saying football's ready for the SEC. I'm not saying, you know, anything like that. What I'm saying is is that program-wise, they're going to bring a lot of good teams into our league. You know, there's sports beyond football, and Texas and Oklahoma are going to bring some good teams into the SEC. 
All right, a couple of events. The Tyson Invitational track event going on this weekend. You've got basketball at 1 o'clock. We've talked a lot about that. And baseball tonight, 7 o'clock against Texas. you got a weekend field with action as Arkansas takes on uh, 15th-ranked TCU at 7 o'clock on Saturday. So you can do both. And then on Sunday, uh, Arkansas and Oklahoma State, two top 10 teams at 2.30. Uh, you can hear all the games right here on most of these ESPN Arkansas stations and at hitthatline.com. All right, that's your hog update, and it is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Well, it is a Friday here in the Morning Rush, and one of our staples, one of our traditions, is our Fence Man Friday picks. Sean joins us now from the Fence Man. Sean, good morning. We got Sean? Don't have Sean. All right, we're getting Sean here in just a second. We go. I thought we already had Efforting. Sean. Efforting. Efforting. Yeah, Sean. Sean, as uh, we go through a, a look at the picks and kind of where we're at, uh, Ty, I mean, and he keeps score. That's all I'll say is he keeps score. He is now in the lead with 49 points. I'm one back at 48. Sean's at 42, and Chuck, you're at 39. Now, I will point out, the week I was away, uh, that uh, I didn't get any credit or any picks. So I think Ty gets the same treatment this week. He he gets no credit and no picks for uh, for being absent today at Mardi Gras. Ty's out. He's out. So, I mean, note it, he's at 49. So if somehow we come in here next week and he has inched his way to 51, we need to call him out on it. So that's it. All right, Sean joins us now. With the fence man, Sean. Good morning. Uh, hope you're getting ready for a big weekend in our uh, in our picks here this morning. Uh, yes, sir. We have got a lot of amazing jobs going on, and we're excited. We're actually going to work the full weekend to get them done. There you go. All right, let's get to our picks on the fence man Friday. Now, there are some huge games around the SEC. I mean, the, the standings are tightening up near the top with Tennessee's win over. Um, over Alabama the other night, you got A&M trying to find a way to close that gap. Big games this weekend in a lot of areas in the SEC standings, and we're going to go SEC heavy this weekend with our Fence Man Friday picks. And we'll start with Tennessee, the team that's uh, you know hot off that Alabama game uh, and the win at home. They're taking on Kentucky. Now, this, is a, this is a headliners matchup here, Tennessee at Kentucky. We got Kentucky minus two in this ball game with uh, Tennessee. Sean, who do you like? You like uh, big orange or you like uh, big blue? Give me the balls. Go Tennessee. All right, I'll take uh, I'll take Tennessee as well in this game. I think I think they're having a big week. Chuck, I'm going to go with Tennessee too. I'm going to go with Tennessee to win that game by more than two. All right, all three of us like Tennessee in this game. Texas A and M. They're hoping for someone to give them some help with Alabama. They're a game back in the standings. They're on the road to Mizzou, who's been sneaky good at times. Mizzou, uh, minus four in this game against A&M, who's second in the conference. Mizzou's a four-point favorite? That's what uh, that's what's on my sheet here. I didn't pull these lines wow. from Ben Saracen, but uh, that's wow. what I've got. Well, I'm going to go with the Aggies. All right. Sean? Same here, man. You know me. My wife's an Aggie. I can't go. I can't <laughs> sure. go any other way. <laughs> I'll, I'll join you guys there and uh, and take A and M as well. Mississippi State and Ole Miss, the Egg Bowl of of basketball. Mississippi State is uh, is minus six in this game. They're they're the the favorite on the road at Ole Miss. Chuck, we'll start with you. Oh, I guess I'll pick Mississippi State. I mean, I'm not saying that with any degree of confidence. I can but tell. I'll it. pick Mississippi State. All right, Sean. I'm gonna go the opposite direction just to be different because I I have no no stake in this one. 
Ole Miss hadn't played particularly well. They are at home. I, I think Mississippi State wins this game, but six is a lot of points. And Sean, I'm going to ride with you on this one and take uh, Ole Miss in the six, but I think State wins that game. They they need to bounce back from uh, from that home loss to Kentucky the other night. All right, uh, Chuck, we'll give you a different game in a second, but Florida's at Arkansas. Arkansas's favored by six in this game at home. Sean, you taking the Razorbacks or the Gators? Oh, I'm going to take the Razorbacks every time. Just, just pencil me in for the rest of the year. Arkansas, I think, wins this game. I can't see him dropping three in a row. But, man, six feels like a lot, even at home. Big crowd. I'll, I'm going to ride with the Razorbacks with Sean, but uh, that's six, and, that, and that's what it's intended to do, make you think twice about it. All right, Chuck, your game, South Carolina at LSU. Uh, LSU, LSU favored by three in this game. What's the over-under? About 40? <laughs> 38 and a half. <laughs> 38 and a half. I don't know. It's I just like made that up. Football over under. I don't know. Uh, what's the line again? Three. LSU giving three to South Carolina. They're going to make prisoners watch this game. This, this wow. Instead of solitary confinement, you're going to have to go. All right. You misbehave this week. South Carolina, LSU. You're watching all 40 minutes. I'm going to go with LSU. Right. I'm going to go with LSU. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Arkansas starting out with a season-ending injury for Jackson Wiggins. It's two years in a row. Um, Dave was asked earlier this week, why are so many pitchers, or the perception at least, why are so many pitchers getting injured now and and long-term injuries? I think it's not happening any more than it ever has. Maybe more of the high-profile guys have been injured, so it gets out there a lot more. There's so much more media coverage now, and, you know, I just think it's part of the game. It, I mean, you. How many years was it? Twenty two or three that you you called the twenty three twenty three seasons. I mean, I, I'm sure you've got you know clear memories of guys that were lost for long stretches of time. Tommy John surgery is not brand new. Is you know I'm sure Dave's right. It's happened just as frequently, but we're just focused on it more now in a in a world where we got a phone in our hands all the time, looking at the latest headline. Well, I think that comes with the popularity of college baseball. You notice things more. And he's right. In, in terms of the overall numbers, I mean, I don't have them in front of me and probably won't delve into it that much, to be honest. But my guess would be in terms of total numbers, it probably is about the same. When you've got high-profile guys, uh, obviously you do pay a lot more attention to it. And college baseball gets a lot more media attention than it once did. And, you know, injuries are a byproduct of that. 
Um, you know, Scott Tabor said something earlier in the program that I thought was interesting when he was on in the 6 o'clock hour that, you know, sometimes as fans, we um, you know we hear about, well, they're, they're shelving a guy because of tightness in his shoulder. And you think, you know, get out there and throw the ball. <laughs> These, you know, it's like Whitey Herzog. These guys would eat a steak every once in a while. That stuff wouldn't happen. And, 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 and that's the natural reaction I think we have as fans. But his point was very well made. That with pitchers, it's not like you go out there and in football, a play happens, you, your ACL gets torn, and everybody knows it. You know, you know what happened. Um, baseball, it happens gradually. And it generally does begin with just maybe a little twinge, maybe a little tightness. Something doesn't feel quite right. And, um, you know, it, it sometimes is a process you know, to getting to the point where you where you shelve someone, I guess is what I'm saying. And and there's there's so much more that goes into pitching um, than than a lot of other positions. Frankly, at least that's always been my view. And um, I'm not saying the arms are delicate because they're not, but I'm saying that you know what's required and the the torque and the the, the just physical pressure that you put on your arm at a young age when your arm's not fully developed yet. I mean, you're going to have things happen. There's just no way around it. And um, But, you know, injuries are part of it. And even all the way to the big leagues. I mean, um, you know, you see pitchers shelved all the time. And, you know, fortunately, Arkansas has got a pretty deep staff. And, you know, <laughs> Scott was talking, too, about how you don't have to have a guy go seven or eight innings anymore. You get four or five from a guy. And if you've got a deep bullpen, that's where you really win your championship. And so we'll have to see how it all plays out. It, it's Man. it's it's not terribly unusual, though. I, I understand why fans feel cursed a little bit. You lost Catalan early in the year in football to a season-ending injury. Nick Smith, we know what's happened there. Now Jackson Wiggins, and it's back-to-back years. But um, So I understand why fan, you, Trevin Brazil shouldn't leave him out of that conversation. I understand why, f- why fans are a little hypersensitive to the conversation with Jackson Wiggins being out because it feels like it's uh, it's in part derailed some of your expectations for all three seasons this year. Well, I don't know. I, you know, I got to be honest. I, I my my expectations for baseball have not changed because Jackson Wiggins is out. Um, I think they've recruited to the point where um, you can still be good. And sometimes, and I, you never want to lose anybody, but sometimes um, if you if you're going to lose someone, um, maybe it is better that it happened before the season uh, where you don't build your team around someone and then a month or two into it, they're gone. Yeah. Lefty Hagen Smith tonight against Texas on Saturday. It's righty Will McIntyre, whose ERA was under three a year ago. And then on Sunday, lefty Hunter Holland, uh, who uh, did not pitch at Arkansas last year. He takes on Oklahoma State. That'll be two top ten teams. I like the idea. Arkansas struggled at the plate with left-handed pitching. Arkansas will have two lefties, at least in this first weekend, that they're putting in their pitching rotation. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is, uh, you know, I mean, you're underway. I mean, you get started and, you know, you begin this time playing really good teams right out of the gate. And I was reading the preview in the Democrat Gazette today that I'd forgotten this. I mean, two years, my point is sometimes this is a sign of things to come, sometimes it's not. Um, last time Arkansas went, they went 3-0, and ended up winning 50 games, number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, last time Texas went, they went 0-3 and made it to the Final Four of the College World Series. So, 
Um, yeah. You're getting the season underway, and you know we'll begin to see trends develop as we move forward. But all these teams that are playing in this are good, and all of them are probably going to be part of the field of 64 at the end of the season. I don't know that I would read too much into what happens this weekend, but but we'll begin to get an idea, and it's nice that we'll get an idea against a really good team. Arkansas's got some players that are getting preseason honors. We mentioned Hagen Smith. He's a preseason All-American. Uh, Peyton Stovall moves over in the infield. He's another one. Brady Tigert, I'll be interested to see how his role uh, that has been out of the bullpen maybe changes or develops as the year moves along. And uh, Jared Wagner, uh, another uh, Razorback. All four enter uh, Chuck the, the year is the most heralded players preseason. But that you know that, those are preseason projections as uh, All-Americans. You know, I'm going to be interested to see with some of these younger pitchers, Tiger being one of them and Smith, frankly, being, being one of them. Um, what are these guys like in June? I mean, I hate to say that everything that happens before then, you know, doesn't matter. I'm certainly not suggesting that. But I thought last year at the end of the season, um, you know, I, I, I saw some evidence, I think, of some players who were playing in longer seasons than they'd ever played in before, were pitching more innings and more pressure situations than they'd ever pitched in before. And, um, you know, how you finish, I mean, where you are at the end of the year, this team's going to be good enough to be in the tournament. I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about that. Um, but, but, but I think with all these arms, um, you know, how are they in June? How are they in late May? Because, um, you know, that's what we're going to be talking about the rest of the summer. Yeah, and the schedule's not going to be easy. In 2021, Arkansas played the nation's toughest schedule uh, with their opponents leading the country with a 613 winning percentage. Now, uh, looking at some notes that, that they provided us this morning, on paper, Arkansas's got the toughest schedule in the SEC when you look at teams on their schedule that played in the NCAA tournament a year ago. Arkansas has 15 teams, including this weekend's three opponents, that were in last year's NCAA tournament. The next closest SEC teams are Missouri and Vanderbilt, four fewer with 11. Uh, Alabama and Florida and Georgia have 10. Mississippi State with 10. Ole Miss with 10. A&M with 10. I imagine most of those 10 are SEC teams. Uh, or a lot well, of, yeah. seven or eight yeah. of them. And uh, so when you look down the list, LSU, who by most people's picks are uh, the number one team in the in the SEC and going to win the West, they played nine, so Tennessee with nine. When you when you look at it, Arkansas's schedule uh, is going to be as, as difficult as anyone's in the country and probably the most difficult uh, top to bottom out of all the SEC teams. Well, maybe. Kind of depends on how it all plays out. That that toughest schedule thing is going to generally rotate between, you know, one of the three or four best teams in the SEC. Uh, you know, probably the last. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I mean, well, and you can throw Tennessee into that right now, too. I mean, Tennessee's premier. But, um, you know, most of the time that's, that's, that's going to rotate. Uh, and, you know, Arkansas, by virtue, in large part of this weekend, um, they're going to – um, you know, they're going to win the numbers right now, but you don't know how everybody's going to be, you know, uh, when this, when the season ends, I think Texas ranked 24th in one of the polls right now. There's a bunch of them in college baseball, TCU's ranked and, and I guess all of them. And so is Oklahoma state. And obviously, you know, we've seen in the postseason, and, and, and we know what Oklahoma state's about. So, um, I'm sure that year in and year out, 
as long as Arkansas is doing well, their schedule is going to be ranked among the toughest. I'm ready to see this Jared Wagner. I hadn't been to the scrimmages. I hadn't watched him. But everyone I've talked to that's been to one or, or been around this team, this is the guy that's coming from Creighton. I mentioned him a minute ago. He's a preseason All-American. Um, Hog fans that sign up for the Flow Sports this weekend going to get their first look. And I don't know how many of our uh, of our fans across the state are going to do that versus listening on the radio. But, Chuck, I imagine Wagner's going to be one of those guys we, we talk a lot about as the season unfolds. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's been the real deal. And you bring him in with the idea that he'll be the real deal. You know, he'll be the real deal here. Uh, obviously, the competition's going to be a little bit different. But... Um, you know, they've got a good program where he came from. He came from a good program. So um, I would imagine this is a guy who knows how to pitch. Yeah, over his four-year playing career at Creighton, batted 303, uh, 14 homers, 80 RBIs, 21 stolen bases. Um, last year, an eye-popping 343, it says, with 11 home runs, 53, or 53 RBIs. Those other numbers were his averages. So this is a guy that's going to... Probably be a, um, a, a, a a cornerstone of what you're doing this year. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm uh, I'm as anxious as anybody yeah. else to see a lot of the players. You. I'll be honest with you. I, I've not made the full pivot yet from basketball to baseball. <laughs> I made a, um, I'd made a slight know, pivot. I didn't made any we're, pivot. Uh, um, uh, you know, we're still kind of engrossed in what's going on, but um, we're going to, you know, one of the things about baseball, changing rosters in baseball has been the norm anyway. Uh, because of the way they've utilized junior colleges when the other sports don't anymore, um, at least not to the extent they once did. So every year in baseball, you got new players, but now you've got some of them coming, you know, uh, as much more finished products. And so, yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's going to be a lot of guys I think people are anxious to see. Let me get back to basketball in a second, but we talk about transfer portal a lot with the other sports, and, and we mentioned this with Scott earlier, how important it is even in baseball and, and player from Creighton and Wagner is proof of that. I, I got to believe with the facilities and, and everything, just the total package at Arkansas that, you know, you can do a lot of selecting out of that transfer portal because like Scott Tabor was saying, kids want to come to Arkansas because of the because of everything that involves their program, not just the success in the postseason, but there's probably no better place to train and get ready. Well, they want to go to Omaha, too. I mean, they want to go to Omaha. That's the promised land. And uh, so, I mean, you've got kids that will come from other programs where they've had success. They've got good programs, but they're probably not going to the College World Series. And um, a lot of those guys will move with the idea. And Arkansas, you know, I mean, the technology available now, uh, particularly in the SEC that the schools have, I mean, you can – You've got access to a lot of things that, you know, maybe you wouldn't have access to in other places. You know, speaking of having access, if if you're buying or selling a home, you want to partner with someone that's got access to all the information, someone who's well-trained, someone who's better trained, perhaps, than, you know, anybody else out there. And that's what you get with Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. And, you know, when you, when you partner with a Weikert agent, you are getting the best trained in the business. And that means they do understand the market. They do have access to information. It's going to make them negotiate on your behalf much more effectively. And ultimately, it's going to get you from contract to close. Things will come up. They always do. 
Uh, you need someone to guide you through that process, and I think that's what they're best at. At Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, is ultimately getting you to that close, whether you're the buyer or the seller. Now, I've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville. I've got a great office in Fort Smith. I know they've got a lot going on down there this weekend, and uh, they recently opened an office in Branson, Missouri. And you can always log on to WeicherGriffin.com. 1 o'clock tomorrow, Arkansas takes on Florida. Going to be a packed Bud Walton Arena. I imagine their you know, tickets, just like last weekend, are going to be difficult. Colin Castleton broke his hand and will not play for Florida. Um, feels like a must win in a lot of ways, Chuck. And we, we can talk about Florida and Castleton. Uh, to me, Arkansas has just got to fix the problems with it with itself. It's shot selection. It's uh, it's free throws in crunch time. Um, and Nick Smith can't fix all that. I think, I think everybody had the idea that when Nick Smith returns, all will be well. And since his return, the team's went 0-2. Yeah, got to win tomorrow. I mean, it's a big game, and you need to get back on track. And, um, you know, every game's a new adventure right now. Uh, it's uh, There's been an ebb and a flow, and that's an understatement. And they've, uh, you know, they got to get back on the winning track. You got five to go, and... Um, I'm, I am, just for the record, not among those who believe Arkansas is on the bubble. I think Arkansas is in right now. doesn't mean they'll be in on Selection Sunday. But uh, I don't think it's as dire as a lot of people make it out to be in that regard. But but certainly, you know, you've got Florida and Georgia back-to-back at home. And if you're an NCAA tournament team, I mean, if you're a team that's going to make some noise in March, those are games you win. And, and then you go take your chances on the road. Let me ask you about you know tournament projections, and everybody's got a bracketologist they point to, but I just look at that conference record, and I get nervous if they don't end up at at least nine and nine. You, you win the last three home games, you, you got nine wins. If you're at eight and ten, does does that change your opinion about them being in? If they go to Nashville, one game below five hundred for the season. Oh, I don't know. I mean, some of it. Play? Some of it depends on you know how you get there. If you win, like let's say you go two and three, like you know you were talking about, you win your next two and you get hand- last three. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you know, but um, or, or you know, do you go one and done at the tournament? Um, you know, at that point, it it could certainly get a little bit dicey, and I I, I won't, you know, I won't deny that. But you know, Arkansas's net's very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arkansas, and look, that's not the only tool that gets you in the NCAA tournament. But Arkansas's net's good. Now, it's like 21. You know, yeah, I, I mean, now look, they're, they're, if they'd lost in South Carolina, we'd be having a very different conversation right now. Uh, that's kind of loss that knocks you out, you know, or, or puts you on the outside looking in, and you got to earn your way back in. Um, but they didn't. They won the game. And so... Um, again, I, I don't think anyone relaxes. I don't think you kick back and say we're in. But these people that are talking about, oh, they're going to host an NIT, I mean, that's we're, we're not anywhere close to that yet. Well, you look at the nets for the opponents moving forward. Georgia's the one you can't lose. Uh, they're down past 100. Georgia, Florida tomorrow is at 51. You look up at the top, we got to go on the road to Bama and Tennessee. They're 2-3 and three in Kentucky. Uh, for all their problems recently, they're still uh, in the 30s somewhere. Let me find them. But point being, other than the Georgia game, Kentucky's 39 right now. Other than the Georgia game, all of these games are going to do very very little, even if you lose some of these games, to affect your net ranking because these are highly ranked teams. In fact, you may lose to, to Bama or Tennessee and go up. Yeah, I, I, I don't um, 
I don't think we're going to see as wild a net swing now as we might, you know, a month or two ago, uh, regardless of whether you win or lose. Um, you know, I, 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 I think what I said the other day, there there have been times when I've watched the Razorbacks play and I've thought, you know, if they get a break or two, um, they can make a run. They're not maybe great, but if they get a break or two, they can make a run. There's other times I've watched them and I've thought, you know, they could lose in the first round. And I think right now, you know, you've just got to – you got to figure out how it's going to go the rest of the way with Nick as part of your team, and you've uh, uh, you've got a new incarnation of your team. And as you did at the beginning of January, unfortunately, you don't have a month to get well like you had before. I mean, they started one and five, but I think everybody knew that was going to flip. The schedule kind of changed and it flipped, and you started winning ball games, but you had a month to do that. Uh, you don't now. I mean, you've 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 got a three week window basically. And, um, you know, so it's got to happen a lot more quickly. But, you know, there were a lot of bumps in the road during the month of January uh, with that incarnation of this team. And, you know, uh, we've had two straight bumps in the road, and you got to bounce back and win the ball game. You win tomorrow, Georgia looks a <laughs> you know, the prospects look a lot better. I'll just put it that way. Arkansas's third best in net ranking in the SEC. There's nine teams, including Florida, at 51 or better. I'll throw them in the top 50, even though they're one spot out. So, uh, I think it's going to be wild and woolly down the stretch these last five games. And I think it's if, if you're lucky enough to have full session tickets over at uh, Nashville this year, I think you're going to be treated to some, some some really exciting games. I think it's going to be a very competitive, very even SEC tournament in a lot of those games. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.